Welcome to the Kerwin Baptist Church broadcast today. Our desire is for the Word of God to be spread throughout the world so that all may know Christ. Join us now for a portion of one of our services here at Kerwin Baptist Church, located in Kernersville, North Carolina. Look, if you would, at Micah chapter 2. Now, um, for sake of being able to look, these, these verses will be on the screen. And um, for those of you, if you have a hard time kind of turning, we're, these verse, first verses I'm going to give you are right here in these first couple chapters. So you should be able to follow in the Bible if you have it. And if not, this will be on the screen because I want you uh, to see this. Isaiah prophesied basically to Judah and Jerusalem. And Micah during the same period of time prophesied basically to Samaria and Jerusalem. Why did Micah prophesy? Well, he was coming in basically to speak to the children of Israel. And he was letting them know of the seriousness of their sin. He was charging them with idolatry and covetousness and oppression. They literally had gotten the point that they had contempt for the word of God because they didn't like some of the things in it. Does that sound like America? I tell you what we've done, even in our churches, we don't like some things, so we just change God's word. And that's not the way it's supposed to work. He was charging them literally when their rulers, especially not just their church rulers or their religious leaders, but their political leaders, they were abusing their power. They were dishonest. And this was hundreds of years ago. And as they had kind of gotten used to life, Micah comes in to allow God to break up their fallow ground. It's what we would call dry ground. Now I want you to notice these verses and in Micah chapter 2 verse 7 we're given a little bit of insight here and it's on the screen or you can follow in the Word of God. O thou that art named the house of Jacob. Who's he talking about here? He's talking about the children of Israel, the house of Jacob. This is out of the lineage that Christ would come. I mean these are God's chosen people. And he is basically getting their attention to say, hey, listen, I'm talking to you. I mean, God's made some promises to you. God's done some great things for you. And God's protected you in the past. And look how you're acting towards him. But he's made some promises. And you need to remember that you're God's chosen people. And, and to whom much is given, much is required. Look what he says. Oh, thou that art named the house of Jacob, is the spirit of the Lord straightened? In other words, has it changed? Or have you? Are these his doings? Do not my words do good to him that walketh uprightly? In other words, are you really offended by God's word? As a prophet, the things I share, it should feel good to you. Not bad. And by the way, dear friend, we sit in church. It, it, we need convicted and we need to be told the truth. But you know what? When somebody steps on my toes in church, that feels good to me. It really does. Because if they don't, why come? I can go watch Oprah and be as convicted as, you know. Oprah. Look at this verse, Micah chapter 4, verse 9. We're kind of told a little bit of what's going on here. He says, Now why dost thou cry out loud? Is there no king in thee? Their king had died. By the way, Micah had, as he had been prophesied, through three kings that had died. There's no king in thee. Is thy counselor perished? For pangs have taken thee as a woman in travail. Notice, if you would, 
chapter 5, verse 2. And this, as we're told, this is the point of Micah prophesying. This verse will be on the screen. But thou, Bethlehem Ephrathah. Does that strike a nerve? Bethlehem Ephrathah. Listen to what he says. Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, this little town of Bethlehem, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. He's prophesying the coming of Jesus. But let me tell you what intrigued me. He comes in and says, listen, you've allowed yourself to get to this point. And he basically compares them to sheep. Now look at chapter 2. And these are our key verses. Look at verse 12. So you understand what's going on. They'd lost their king. they had lost their counselor. They were kind of wandering around. And, and they had gotten themselves into some situations. And they were struggling in a lot of areas. And look at chapter 2, verse 12. I will surely assemble, O Jacob. Remember the house of Jacob, God's chosen people. All of thee, I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together as the sheep of Basra, as the flock. That's what Basra means, by the way, a container, a hold. Notice this. The flock in the midst of their fold, they shall make great noise. By the reason of a multitude of men. By the way, sheep make a lot of noise when they're contained. Look at verse 13. Here's the name that I had never seen. The breaker is come up before them. You say, what do you mean the breaker? Well, how do you know that's talking about the Lord? Let's just keep reading. The breaker is come up before them. They have broken up and have passed through the gate and are gone out by it. And their king shall pass before them and the Lord on the head of them. The breaker. I never knew that God was referred to as the breaker. Number one, sheep tend to get stuck. Look at verse 12. I will put them together as the sheep of Basra, as the flock in the midst of their fold. Sheep tend to get themselves in situations where they cannot get out of. Anybody else want to admit that today? Any other sheep here today? want to admit that sometimes we get ourselves in situations that we cannot get ourselves out of. I mean, all of a sudden, we just haven't been paying attention. We've just been going along thinking about just me, little sheep. And we tend to follow other sheep that are heading nowhere good either. And we end up where we didn't want to be, and we can't figure out how to get out of it or to get through it. And we end up stuck. Isn't it even in Psalm 23 where our great shepherd is talking to us as sheep and he says literally that he has to restore our soul. He has to bring us back. He has to lead us in paths of righteousness because if he doesn't lead us and we don't follow him, we will end up where we should not be. 
You might be that way today like me. Sometimes I am just a really dumb sheep. I find myself as a pastor sometimes. And I'm like, I work so hard. And I feel like I'm burning both sides of the candle. And how do these situations come up? I'm working so hard. And I want so desperately and I love so deeply. And how do I make a mess of things? Dear friend, we're just sheep. And sheep tend to get stuck. Just like they were doing when Micah showed up to prophesy. Number two, sheep make noise but not progress. That was good, wasn't it? Look at verse 12. They shall make great noise of the multitude of men. So now we know who we're all talking about here. These are men that are referred to as sheep. I mean, when we get ourselves in situations, buddy, we'll make a great bunch of noise. And we'll talk about why this isn't our fault and why this is my wife's fault and why this is my husband's fault, why this is the church's fault. And the church, I'll tell you what I went, they just weren't friendly to me and they, I tried so hard and, they, and I just couldn't this and I just couldn't that. And we have these unfair expectations on a church and on people and on a mate and on a husband and on a wife. It's always somebody else's fault. I was talking to a pastor the other day. I said, preacher, and uh, has a good-sized church, and I said, you know, sometimes I just struggle. It's like I want people to come in and feel like they fit in and, and just connect with everybody. And he said, Preacher, I have found that people that have a hard time fitting in have always had a hard time fitting in anywhere. But every pastor feels guilty and takes responsibility, and then they feel rotten, and they move on, and they have a hard time wherever they go next. And I was like, but I'm working so hard, and I, I, I want them so bad to, to grow here and to whatever here. And a lot of times you and I can make a lot of noise, but no progress. We get ourselves stuck and, man, we'll make a lot of noise, but we're just not getting anywhere. Do you know ministry can be like that sometimes? Many of you, you work so hard serving here in this church. I can't thank you enough. I drive up on a Wednesday night and sometimes drive the um, van route, you know, for our Kernersville route sometimes when they need that and different things. And you drive in, man, I see folks everywhere involved in different ministries, folks sitting in here for a Bible study. And it just amazes me. It amazes me. But, you know, sometimes you and I, we can become so busy making noise. But personally, in our relationship with God, we are stuck. Sheep tend to get stuck. Sheep make noise, but not progress. Number three, very simply, sheep need someone to break through the barrier. So here they made a mess, and they can't get themselves out of this. And Micah says, but I got some good news. The breaker is showing up. In fact, I'm going to tell you in just a couple chapters, this is the Messiah that's going to be born out of Bethlehem right here in this kingdom. And I know that you've made a mess and I know you get discouraged and I know you can't seem to make a way out of here, but the breaker is coming. You say, well, why is it so special? Well, I had to dig a little digging and how do you dig a little digging? I had to do a little digging. It's a little overuse of the word dig there, wasn't it? A whole lot of digging going on. I had to do some digging in this and 
I found out something, and I didn't know. There's a lot of things I don't know. But let me tell you why this was special to me. This is something here that had to do with Palestine specific. And in Palestine, years ago, obviously when sheep herding was, uh, you know, obviously this, this is back in Bible days, and I, I wasn't aware of this. You all remember that one time I was, I think, dealing with Psalm 23, but I talked about the fact how that literally the hedge about that, that a shepherd would sometimes take thorn bushes and he would build a covering and a hedge and he would put his sheep in it and that would keep the sheep contained because if they tried to get out of that, they would hit the thorns and they couldn't get out, but it would keep animals from outside in. You remember me talking about all that? And I kind of knew that, but this is something I didn't know, that sometimes when a sheep herder had sheep and they were literally in a pasture or an area kind of on their own and he would get them to where they're supposed to be, but he wouldn't be leading them somewhere. They were there feeding and different things. And sometimes while the sheep were just taking their time feeding, they could wander off and they could get into areas where we're literally in thorn bushes and areas that they couldn't get out. And sometimes they could even get themselves into some areas that the shepherd could not get under or through. His body was too big or different things. And here's sheep in there bah, bah, making all the noise but making no progress. And I didn't realize this, but what was a common practice is that they would bring in a ram and one of these two-horned rams and they would push that ram in that opening and that ram, because of those horns and the toughness of this thing, that ram would go through or that, and that ram would begin to break through the thorn bushes and break through the brush where that sheep could not get out of. And all of a sudden, after, after fighting, all of a sudden that ram would just all of a sudden burst through that opening and that sheep would come through following him. And that, that ram was called the breaker. And the reason was is when you're in a position where you can't get out, that you need somebody to break through. And that ram would come in and he would be the breaker. He would make a way when there wasn't a way. And he would get through barriers that that sheep couldn't get through. And Micah says, hey, you're God's chosen people. God loves you. And he's made some promises to you. But you've gotten yourself or you're stuck. But God, the breaker, is coming in. Well, this is something as I began to track God's Word. It's interesting that until Christ came, by the way, folks, there is no evidence in the Bible of victory over humanity. There is no evidence that death and the assurance of evil that would be conquered or that it would be vanquished, it had always been prophesied, but there was never any proof until Jesus came and died. You say, what are you saying, preacher? I want you to look at these verses. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 1. says, Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus. Here's King Cyrus. A little story. Look at this. Whose right hand I have holden to subdue nations before him. And I will loose the loins of the king to open before him the two levied gates. And the gates shall not be shut. I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass. This is a promise God makes to a king. If you'll just do my will, I'll go before you and I will break through the gates of brass. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. For he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us 
having abolished in his flesh the enmity. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? Yes. There was a wall between us and God. Amen. It was something we couldn't get through. But when Jesus came, he broke through that wall and gave us access to God. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18, for through him we have access by one spirit unto the Father. Amen. See, preacher, what are you trying to say? Listen to me, I can go through God's word and I can see here that God has proven that he can break the reign of kings and God can break the will of a kingdom. And God can break through the bondage of an Egyptian pharaoh. And God was able to break through the waters of the Red Sea. And God broke down the walls of Jericho. And God broke through the fallow dry ground that often shows up in a Christian's life. And then Christ came. And all this promise has been given. And when Jesus showed up, Jesus broke the bondage of sin. He broke through the bars of death. He passed through at the head. And he led his sheep to liberty. Listen to me. He broke through the tradition of the temple. He broke through the wall that separated us and God. He broke through the chains of sin. He broke through the bars of death. Jesus broke through everything that ever was a barrier. And are you listening to me on that third day? He broke through a gravestone. He's the breaker. You can't contain him. You can't stop him. If there's a way that needs to be made, the breaker can do it. Say, preacher, what does that mean to me? Oh, listen to me. If Jesus can do all that, Jesus can break through your depression. Sometimes you and I can get so backed into a corner. Our old mind will play tricks on us. All of a sudden, instead of renewing our mind, we're imprisoned by it. And I'm here to tell you, dear friend, you're going to get yourself in situations if you're not careful and if you don't renew your mind and you don't stay in the Word of God and you don't encourage yourself in God's Word, you and I can find ourselves in a place where we didn't want to be and we just can't get through it. But Jesus, the breaker, can get through it. I'm here to tell you this morning, God can break through your fractured marriage. That wall that you've built between each other. God can break that through. God can break sin's hold on you today. Say, preacher, and there's nothing about me that wants to do some of the things I do. And sometimes I'll get to an altar and I'll just pour my heart out to God. But I don't know what happens. And I just feel like I get victory. And within hours it seems that... I just seem to get, oh, listen to me, dear friend. You and I will get ourselves in situations. We can't get through that thorn bracket. We can't get through that barrier. We can't get through that wall. We can't get through those prison bars. But I remember Paul and Silas that were in prison, and God broke through the gates. God broke through the jail. Is anybody listening to me today? I'm here to tell you the breaker is here. You and I can't get through. You can try all you want to try to get through. You're not going to get through. We need the breaker to come behind. Micah said, you've made a mess. But the breaker's here to free you. Wow. God can break through your bitterness here today. 
Bitterness is a hard barrier to break through. We begin to believe our own lie. We begin to believe that we're the victim of everything, that we place unfair expectations on everybody in our life, and then when nothing meets that, now we're depressed, now we're discouraged, now we think they haven't done us right, and this friend didn't do us right, and this person didn't do us right. Before you turn around twice, we're just bitter at everybody and everything. And I've met some bitter people. I know some bitter people that have been right here in this church that I love. But they're bitter, bitter, bitter people. They've never been wrong about anything. Everybody's always done them wrong. And today, they're not even sitting in church. They're at home, mad and bitter. That's exactly where it's taken. Dear friend, I want you to know something. God can break through your bitterness. It's a hard thing to get rid of in your life, but God can do it. God can break through a hard heart. I don't know about you, we got revival coming up in April, and I'm glad for a revival meeting. But can I tell you something? I want revival more than I want a revival meeting. I would love it if revival would break out so much in our church that we couldn't even have the meeting. I wish revival broke so much that I would call Brother C.T. and say, Brother C.T., listen, love you. We'll have you another time. But God's doing a work, and we don't want to ruin it. We don't want to mess with it. I'm going to tell you, we don't need an evangelist for a revival. We don't need a singer for a revival. We don't even have to have scheduled meetings for a revival. It is literally an attempt on us to say, you know what? We need revival. We acknowledge it. We need to take some time out of our daily schedule. We need to get in God's house, and we need to hear preaching from God's Word, and we need to pray and seek God for revival. But I'm here to tell you that hard ground and hard hearts is a difficult thing to get through. And I have found as a preacher there were times that I tried to get through it. I have preached revival meetings, and even since I've been a pastor, there are times I can sense it that hearts are cold, hearts are apathetic, and I'll get up here ranting and raving, and buddy, I'll think, surely this one will do it. Surely this little four-point outline is going to break through the hardest person. And guess what? Yeah, you guessed it. They look at me just like you're looking at me right now. <laughs> Dear friend, I found something as a preacher. I'm still learning a lot. My job is to get up here and preach God's word. It's God's job to break through the hard hearts. I can fight and push and scrape all I want to. And an individual can just look at you like this. You ain't getting anywhere. But you let God do it. Nobody can withstand it. He's the breaker. God can break through an apathetic church. Can I tell you something? I think Corona Baptist Church is the best church in the world. We have enjoyed some growth and we've maxed out our facilities and all those things. But even a church that's full can be cold. And I've been praying that God will break this old dry ground called my heart. I've been praying that God will break through it 
And God will break through our little programs. And God will break through our little activities. And God will break through our little schedule of events. And God will break through our little efforts and our little news periodicals and our little devotionals and our little website and our little plans and our little calendar. I have been praying that somehow, as hard as I want to, I can't break through it. But God can. And I'm here to tell you, guess what? You don't have to worry about me. But I believe the breaker is coming to Kerwin. I believe he's coming. And I'll tell you, when he does, he's going to break me and he's going to break you. Fight it if you want to. You can run and criticize if you want to. But I'm here to tell you, I believe with all my heart. I don't know if it's next week. I don't know if it's next month. I don't know if it's next year. I don't even know if it'll be in my lifetime. But I believe that the breaker is going to break up our ground. And God's going to come and do something here at this church. I believe it or I wouldn't be here. You agree with me? If you're visiting today, you're like, what in the world? Let me tell you why you ought to be thrilled today. Because you're listening to a preacher tell you that there's a God that can break through some things you can't break through. In fact, he can break through them so much he's called the breaker. Hey, there's some things I can break. There's some things I can't. But if you're called the breaker, or as my dad would do, Isn't it bad how bad I look like my dad when I do that? (laughs) When you're called the breaker, you're only called that if you can break through anything. You can. The breaker is, listen, I love this. He said, the breaker has come upon you and the king's coming through and the Lord is on his head. Boy, I'm going to tell you something. You can fight all you want to. Or you can say, God, I can't get through this. It's probably my fault I'm here. But I can't get through it and I need a way out of this. And I've tried everything. I've read every book. I've watched every program. I've sat and talked with everybody. I've talked about it so much. I've, de- I've depressed and discouraged everybody in my life. They're tired of hearing about it. But God, I'm here to tell you, I'm here and it's probably my fault. But you're the breaker. And I'm asking you to break through my barrier. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Lord, we love you today. You are the breaker. Oh, nobody can break through like you can. Lord, we will depress and discourage ourselves. The harder we try and we get into, we're making noise and making no progress. But you're the breaker. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. I want to ask you to stand all over the building, if you will, as the piano begins to play. Dear friend, do you need the breaker today? And I want you to know if you're here and you don't know the Lord is your Savior, there's nothing you can break through till you give your heart to Christ. And He's trying to break through your heart right now. 
And dear friend, I want you to know if you come, we'll be glad to show you how you can know for sure you're on your way to heaven. But if you're here this morning and you need the breaker, I need, I need somebody to come in and get through this thing. I've tried and I've failed. Oh, dear friend, he is the breaker. Lord, I love you today. I thank you for all you've done. I thank you for this church. And Lord, I believe the great churches are the ones that you need to break up sometimes. We can kind of get content and dry and cold. And our ground can begin to harden up a little bit. We can begin to feel that all the cultivation that needs to be done has already been done. And God, you just got to come through and break up that ground and turn that dirt over so that you can grow some things in our midst. God, I'm not asking for problems. I'm, I'm really not. And I'm not asking for patience. I'm just saying, God, we know you can break through this thing. You can't break through this church until you break through some individual lives. And God, I'm one of them. God, I need you to break through some things. Lord, I've got some health issues. Lord, I've got family issues. I've got things that we need your help on. We've got sickness. We've got things that we need you to work some miracles on. But Lord, I know you can do it. Thank you for listening today. We hope you received a blessing from our broadcast. The Kerwin Baptist Church is located at 4520 Old Hollow Road in Kernersville, North Carolina. You may also contact us by phone at 336-993-5192 or via the web at kerwinbaptistchurch.com. Enjoy our services live and all our media on our website and church app. Thank you for listening to the Kerwin broadcast today. God bless you.